The Way It Is, by American poet William Stafford, who wrote this 26 days before he passed. There's a thread you follow. It goes among things that change, but it doesn't change. People wonder about what you are pursuing. You have to explain about the thread, but it's hard for others to see. While you hold it, you can't While you hold it, you can't get lost. Tragedies happen. People get hurt and die. And you suffer and get old. Nothing you do can stop stop times unfolding. You don't ever let go of the thread. Thanks, Bobby. So we're going to talk about that thread today. That thread that goes through all of our lives. Last week we talked about the idea of the narrow gate, that that quote from Jesus, enter through the narrow gate, for the wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow the world, the road that leads to life, and only few find it. Narrow the road that leads to life, only few find it. And the idea of entering through the narrow gate, um, I mentioned last week that it's the sort of gate, the narrow gate was the gate that you entered the, into the temple through often. It was a different gate that you entered into the city through. And there were the big gates and there were the narrow gates that the priests and people entered through. There's some chairs around the front, just if you want to come sit here. And um, that's great. And if the children want to go downstairs, they're welcome or welcome to stay whichever way. So that narrow gate, the idea of the narrow gate is it, le- it, is, it leads to wholeness. It leads to you being looked after. It leads to a sense of you moving forward in your life. And as you go through that narrow gate, as you enter into it, the idea is that the narrow gate leads to that thread. The focus on that narrow gate, the focus as you walk through, leads to a thread in your life that you can follow through. And it's interesting, you know, there's that uh, idea as you're going through that gate. I talked last week a bit about the idea of narrow gating and what the experience is of, of, of operating in the narrow gate as to constantly focusing on the narrow gate. And I came up with a few um, uh, sort of qualities that I thought work for narrow gating. It's, it's the element of danger and risk when you sense that danger and risk. That's that sort of narrow gating. Fear, the idea that you're winging it, partly, you know, you've got, not got that support. It's also connecting on a deeper level. When you, when you do that, you're, you're not looking, you haven't got your normal comfort zone, but you're connecting on a deeper level. You're sort of on the edge. You're serving rather than seeking to be served. You know, there's a tension outwards in that narrow gate. You're also vulnerable. You know, when you're going through that narrow gate, you're not being carried along by the cries. There's a vulnerability about going a way that nobody, where no one else is going. There's a reliance on the divine. You're saying, right, I'm not going to do this in my own strength. I'm just going to assume that the universe is a friendly place and, and it is going to be okay as I go through that. You're not concerned about the outcome necessarily. You're just, you're just doing it for the sake of it. And you're entering into the zone. And when you're there, there's a change in the quality of experience. 
And it's it's making yourself like you know I always like to use skiing analogy. So people think I ski a lot, but you know when you're actually out there and you're on that edge and you're there's a balance in that narrow gating that's not there's not a sense of being taken through by everybody else. And when you go through that, you you actually begin to find that thread that's in front of you. And it's it's not so much that thread. It's not so much about doing. It's more a function of being, I think. It's a more a, a function of focus. A bit like when you're sailing and you trim your sails and you get into that place where the wind is just right and the wind takes you along. When you find that thread in your life, it's almost like you find that sweet spot and it just keeps taking you along. But I say it's not necessarily about what you do. It's more about what you be, how you're being. There's that lovely poem that Jane Jenkins read a while ago by T.S. Eliot, just a bit of it, the four quartets, and it talks about at the still point of the turning world, neither flesh nor fleshness, neither from nor towards, at the still point, there the dance is. And that still point is what we're looking for in that path that's going forward. It's a sort of sense that within us, there's a great sense of stillness. It goes on, um, by a grace of sense, a white light, still and moving, erebung without motion, concentration without elimination, both a new world and an old world made explicit, understood in the completion of its partial ecstasy, the resolution of its partial horror, Yet the enchainment of past and future, woven in the weakness of the changing body, protects mankind from heaven and damnation, which flesh cannot endure. The idea that the path is almost a woven thing that is both weakness and strength at the same time. And that still point in our lives, if we can find it. When I'm doing those little meditations at the beginning, saying, you know, forget about what you're thinking about... I'm asking you to find that still point in yourself because that's where the path is. That's where it exists. But also, I think doing is also important in it. I mean, obviously, if you've got a great musical talent, there's no point in working as a construction worker. You know, you've got to be sensitive to where your talents are. And I think in finding that path, in finding that, that golden thread... You've got to have that sense of being, but also in trimming yourselves as a physicality about it. You've got to be aware of where the wind's coming from. You know, where are your talents? What's going on in your life? How is it working? And there's a whole sense of being conscious of everything that's going on. And while you're doing that, being aware of the focus of where you're being led, because that, that thread is it. And it's called the golden thread, because there's an aspect of alchemy about it, is that when you find that thread in your life, there's a sort of golden aspect that comes about. There's a sort of aspect of of deep satisfaction. It is the true gold that we see. I mean, this is what everybody wants. You know, that guy that won $300 million on the lottery, what he actually really wants is that still point in a turning world. You know, we think that if we have $300 million, it's going to get that. But we know it's not. We know the chaos that can come, even if you've got tons of money. That still point, 
That golden aspect is something inside us. I love this little book, Illusions. Anyone know this book, Illusions? Really, by Richard Bach. It's a fantastic book. And it's about um, uh, adventures of a reluctant Messiah. And it's someone who has found the still point. It starts off Illusions, has a great beginning. It says, uh, there was a master come onto the earth, born in the holy land of Indiana, raised in the mystical hills east of Fort Wayne. The master learned of this world in the public schools of Indiana. And as he grew in his trade as a mechanic of automobiles, the master had learnings from other lands and other schools and from other lives that he lived. The master believed that he had a power to help himself and all mankind. As he believed it was for him, so for others. And he saw, others saw the power and came to him to behold their troubles and be healed from them. And it goes on like that. And then within it, there's sort of various bits, like all spiritual books, various bits of advice. But this is a good one, I think. Your only obligation in any lifetime is to be true to yourself. Your only obligation in any lifetime is to be true to yourself. Being true to anyone else or anything else is not only impossible, but is the mark of a fake messiah. The simple questions are the most profound. Where were you born? Where is your home? Big question that. Where are you going? What are you doing? Think about these once in a while and watch your answers change. And that sort of gives a sense of the importance of finding, of being on that golden thread, that path that goes along. Because, you know, when... We miss that. When we miss the thread, when we're not on our own path, our life becomes chaos. And we see it happening. You know, we, we feel at sea in what's happening in our lives. But the moment you start to link into that golden thread, the moment you start to follow it, like Theseus. You remember the story of the Minotaur? Theseus had to go into the um, labyrinth to find the Minotaur, and he took a thread, and he drew the thread all the way through the labyrinth, to get to the Minotaur, to kill him. And then in order to get back, he followed the thread home. And really, what we're doing in following that path, following that small thread, is we're actually following our way home. And we have to find that thread to be able to do that. I mean, you know, in my life, I found that, you know, it took a while to get in touch, you know, to get that thread. You know, to begin with, I thought, well, broadcasting is where I want to be. So I went off and did that, and I wasn't very good at it. Perhaps not, you know. Advertising, that's where I want to be. So I went off and did that, and I was okay at it. But, you know, there was something in me that wasn't satisfying. And then went, spirituality. That's where I want to be. And to be quite honest, you know, I got into the whole spiritual game, and my life was still pretty dysfunctional. <laughs> I mean, you know, it really was. It was like just another scene that was there you know I was like being all spiritual but I knew there was a dysfunction my, ch- my daughter's here so I have to be careful I knew there was a slight dysfunctionality around what I was doing but actually it wasn't until I actually discovered a practice that the thread became absolutely real and I think you know once you've sensed about beingness and doingness quite often that thread is discovered in the practice. You know, for me, it was a meditation practice, but it could be anything. Somewhere where you practice 
following that thread. And you know, a meditation practice is a good way to do that. You're just literally there all the time, and the thread gradually reveals itself. You know, when you follow your breath, when you're you're there, you've got no other distractions, and the thread begins to emerge. And it's not just the practice, it's all the other bits. It's realizing that there is a particular thread and that you can follow that thread in your life. And, you know, it's so important, as, as it says in that thing, to follow your thread rather than somebody else's. I mean, how often do we hear people say, this is the right way or that's the right way? I mean, what is the point in following somebody else's thread? I mean, you are totally unique in life. There is only one you and the only one experience you. And for you to go off and follow, even though, you know, the Archbishop of Canterbury or the Pope's thread, you know, I mean, really, that's his thread. <laughs> What's the point in trying doing that, you know? Follow your own thread and, and just be... Have the integrity of that, uh, of that thread. I always like the idea that you know, the game's fixed and that there is an order out there, that the universe is a friendly place. And, you know, we look around and think, oh, I wish I had his life, but no, the game's fixed. And although you might look at your hand and think, well, I've only got a pair of fives, what can I do with that? But the game's fixed. And if you play your pair of fives properly, it is a winning hand. The thread that you've got in your life is going to take you to that place that is right for you because your Bill is only Bill can only follow Bill's path, his thread. But to discover that is amazing. And you know, I have to tell you that is all there is to discover that thread. It's the most important thing to find that thread in your life, to find it and gradually have it go through. You know, even if you are just you know following through, even if you're a weaver. You know, Gandhi ended up just being a weaver, just making wool or whatever it was he made. I don't know, cotton or whatever it was. And he making that, and you know, he was able to transform the world through that perspective because he was following his particular thread. And you know, something amazing happens when you follow your thread. Things just seem to work. Things happen and things transform as you're in that place because what you do has an effect on everybody else. And if you can imagine a whole group of people following their own thread together, you then weave something that actually is something that we all, everyone is doing together. And, you know, the idea, people always say to, to you know, priests, what's the second coming? You know, what's that about, Jesus and the... It's the moment where we're all weaving our threads together at the same time, recognizing what's important in life, recognizing the nature of the divinity, recognizing the nature of our own threads, and suddenly everything is clear. And we look out and all we can see is everything is a part of everything else. And, and that's really what we're aiming for. And we can't do that unless each of us you know, is beginning to do that, is beginning to weave our own thread. And, you know, the thing is, you can't engineer it. The moment you look up and think, oh, I know, we should be going in this direction, you're not looking at your thread. You're looking up, you're thinking and work, trying to work it out. You can't work out what to do. You've just got to follow it. And, you know, when you're looking at, at, at how you know you're on your thread, 
It's not because everything's working, because it doesn't. You know, if you think that, you know, when I'm on my thread, that's when I'm not going to get cancer, I'm not going to get, uh, you know, no one's going to rob me, my partner's not going to leave me, no one's, you know, absolutely wrong. Because all those things are going to happen, whether you follow your thread or not, because that's life. But following your thread is going to create within you a deep peace. That is how you know you're following your thread. It is because when you are on it, no matter what is going on around you, whatever chaos is happening, you know you're in the right place. You know that this is coming at you. And you know that you are, because you're in the right place, you can deal with it. You know, that guy who wrote that poem died 26 days later. You know, he simply was recognising the point of the thread in his life. It's not recognised by the fact everything's going right. It's recognised by the fact there's a peace. And it takes us all in different directions. You know, Bobby's been taken on his thread. He's going to go off on his airstream and they're going to drive around. You know, he's going where he knows he needs to go. And all of us do that. And the way that we recognise it is by that experience of peace. And that's the peace that we have at the end of the service. The peace that passes all understanding. Because it's not a mind thing. It's a heart thing. It's uh, something more than that. That, when, When you have that, may the peace of God, that is the thread, that passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God. And may the blessing of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you. That is a blessing to be on the thread, to be in that place where you're supposed to be. And that is really what we're seeking in life. And we use everything we can to seek that. That's what our life should be about. Because once we're on it, you know, that's it. That is the most, that's the $3 million lottery ticket. That's when you get it. I'm just going to finish with a, Uh, a lovely poem from Rilke. God speaks to each of us as he makes us, then walks with us silently out of the night. These are the words we hear dimly. You, sent out beyond your recall, Go to the limits of your longing. Embody me. Flare up like flame and make big shadows that I can move in. Let everything happen to you, beauty and terror. Just keep going. No feeling is final. Don't let yourself lose me. Nearby is the country they call life you will know it by its seriousness. Give me your hand. Let's pray. We do pray for ourselves that we are able to sense the place where we should be, how we should be, how we should follow that golden thread in our lives the thread that takes us into the sense of the divine. We pray for our town, those on the mountains at the moment. We pray for safety, those working the lifts, ski patrol, all those 
working on the mountains and people skiing. Pray for safety there. Pray for safety and travel for all those coming and going from our town and the valley. Pray for our country. Pray for a sense of unity, especially around Martin Luther King weekend. Sense of right values. Pray for our leaders that you will put your love into their hearts and enable them to speak your truth. And we pray for our world, that it may be a place of peace again and safety. And we especially think of all those who are in difficulty, in war zones, in prison, hospital, any sort of difficulty. We pray for your guidance as they follow their threads. And we pray for those who are special to us in our community, Tricia Nichols, Patricia Hill, Royal Franklin, Will Welsh, Barbara Orcutt, Tegan Sullivan, Mary Brewster, Soleil, Lee Bouguet, Betty Van de Veer, Gary Daniel, Yvonne Kasser, Irene Gubrud, pray especially for Father Joseph Boyle, for Bill Archer, for Alice Davis, and also for the family of Elise Strickland, uh, Dee Dee Osborne's daughter, who died this week. So we ask you to send your healing power to all those people. Give them a sense of your love. And give them courage in what they face. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.